Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows Podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Manda, and I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest, Brandon. I have personally known Brandon for over a decade now, and it's honestly been incredible to watch his journey unfold. He's about to share all about the struggles of mental health in the performing world and how a diagnosis changed his outlook forever. Yay! Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. Again, I'm your host, Amanda, and I'm so excited to be joined with one of my amazing longtime friends. Probably we have known each other over 10 years now. You were 17. I'm, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, I was 16. 18. Yeah, oh, 16. So it's yeah. been 12 years. Well, everyone, oh this is Brandon. Brandon, I'm so excited for you to be here virtually and just excited to get to one catch up with you, but get yeah. to talk to you about <laughs> your story and everything. Yeah. Um, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself to everyone. So, Tell me how you got started, because you've done some pretty cool things. Yeah, um, well, my name is Brandon Hudson. Um, <laughs> I'm from central Illinois, uh, Pekin, Illinois, to be exact. Um, if you need to know how to pronounce it, it's like Peking, China, but without the G, so Pekin. Um, not that you will ever need to know how to pronounce that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I started dancing when I was 19 years old, really. Um, so Mandy and I met at Six Flags St. Louis. Uh, I was Bugs Bunny. Um, and then that's when I was like, oh, I like to dance. Because at the time, I was still in school for Spanish translation and visual arts. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. Weird, Wild. Right? <laughs> Wild. And um, fell in love with dance because of Bugs Bunny and then, you know, moved to Florida after that, did some Disney World and I was like, oh, I kind of want to be a dancer. And so I decided to get a degree in dance um, at Lindenwood University in St. Louis. Um, My second to last year of school, and I was only there for two and a half years, funny enough. I somehow fit a four-year degree into two and a half years. Um, I did like 23 credit hours a semester, it was great. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then I toured my second to last year of school. So I was doing four classes while touring Europe, um, which was a lot because eight shows a week and then four college classes, a lot. Um, And then did another tour, national tour. And then I moved back to New York. Um, I did a little Broadway show called Hamilton. Just just a little one, you know. Yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny. yeah. Um, and then, you know, from there, I just kind of kept going and did another show and then moved to LA and done some films now and some TV shows. And now I work with an artist and do more of the creative choreography. It's just, it's weird. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy yeah. too. My family, again, we've known each other for over 12 years now and we look back to mm-hmm. those days of lake parties and on the boat Ooh. and like hanging out at oh my gosh my the place time we almost got electrocuted. yeah the time that lightning almost hit the tree and we all almost died <laughs> yeah. and it's just wild to see how far you've come and progressed and just grown as a human and 
you know, they always say like, oh, I knew him when, but my family and I always joke, we're like, we really did know B-Hood back in the day, you know, like we did know him when he was Bugs Bunny. And I remember having like ballet classes on the stage, like on our time off and like teaching each other how to dance and yeah, memories, man. I was trash back then. It's so funny <laughs> to look okay. back at it. Everyone has to start somewhere. Everyone has yeah. to start somewhere. But Feels when like I reached out to you to see if you would share your story is yeah. not only have you had to navigate the performing world and the creative world and everything like that, but also coming from small town USA in the Midwest and living in these bigger cities like Orlando mm -hmm. and New York City and LA. And then on top of that, you've also had to deal with some incredibly crazy health things going on in your life too. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> I was hoping if you could, you know, just share some of the stuff that has gone on behind the scenes. Cause looking at your life, yeah. it does seem like your name's been in lights and everything's been perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, it's definitely been quite a crazy ride. Um, a lot of things that I ne never would have expected or you never think can yeah. happen, happen. Um, from just like the typical life, like what happens on, like in people's normal lives to, um, you know, I, I randomly one day woke up with Bell's palsy and that was a huge shift for me. Um, that was honestly what got me going to counseling um, and therapy, but um, I can talk about that in a second. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, there's been so much. I will say I did go vegan and like lost 30 pounds and hey. made myself very sick now isn't that not not a good choice for me yeah um, it's definitely a big change and a big adjustment yeah. for your body to and go to mind. that and trans <laughs> like transition back yeah. to it you know yeah my i was not ready so and actually when i was in the process of transitioning is when the bell's palsy also hit wow. so it was all all things at one time which kind of really um forced me to look at my life and what was going on. And, um, you know, I, I had from 2015 on, because 2015 is when I joined Hamilton on Broadway, which was a very tough experience for me. Um, I had to learn a lot. I learned the whole show in a week and a half, which was like honestly kind of unheard of in any world. <laughs> and um, it was just, it was very tough. It was new, a lot of pressure. I was young, I was the youngest one in the cast at the time, um, swinging a bunch of different people. And then I left that show, I went to another show and then got fired from that show three days in, which was crazy. And then um, <clears throat> just, I, I was trying to figure out how to cope with all that. Cut to 20, end of 2017. Was it 2017? Yeah, end of 2017, going into 2018, is when the Bell's palsy hit. And that's when I realized that all the stuff that I had put myself through, all the stuff I had gone through, took a toll. And yeah. um, I didn't deal with it. So some of the viewers may know, but some may not. Bell's palsy can be caused for two, by two things. There's one, a virus that can cause it, and also two, there's a stress disorder. 
Mm. And so you can be one or the other. And I think mine was probably like a little bit of both. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'm just gonna assume it was stress because uh, there was a lot there. Yeah. And, um, I I just didn't deal with it. And at the time, to be completely honest, I was um, smoking a lot of weed, like four joints a day, and I was very depressed. And for me, like when that all hit, everything changed. I stopped, mm. I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. It's when I started going back to church. Yeah. You know, everything, I got into therapy. It was kind of, it was such a wake up call. And then I was like, Brandon, gotta take a look at yourself. Take a look at what's going on, what's going on around you and make a choice. I can either keep going down this path and keep, um, pushing forward and not thinking about anything from the past and being like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, or I can take a moment, I can think about it. I can figure out how I'm going to get through it and then I can get through it. Yeah. So yeah. Oh my god. But Mel's palsy, man, that stuff hit me like a ton of bricks because that was out, I was like, my career is gone. My face is paralyzed. I'm not going to be able to sing anymore. All this stuff, like, because our industry is so much about this, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. you've built your, then, <laughs> without even trying, your entire brand, your image is on your face, your body, the condition that your entire body mm -hmm. is in. And remind me what side um, of the face that you experienced it on. This right side. side. <laughs> yeah. So my, you can't tell anymore really, but it does drip down like a little bit more. But um, my face used to be a little more even, but, I'm again, I'm very lucky and very blessed because I, the moment it happened, I canceled everything. I stopped doing everything and then I um, luckily had some good friends. Anna, remember Anna? Yeah. And my friend Raphael and um, they were here and they actually helped me and um, I would massage my face like every 20 minutes for like two or three week, weeks straight. I was in the mirror like every 20 minutes like retraining the muscle wow like i was like no i'm not doing this i'm gonna get this back like this is not not happening no. <laughs> yeah i was like i'm not so and, and you know i came back after like three about four or five weeks i came back completely though after like a few months so in addition to like the physical therapy that you were literally doing yeah. What kind of mental things did you do? Because in my mind, I can only imagine the mental toll that it would take on me, you know? And yeah. you were already saying that you're experiencing <laughs> depression. You're in this high stress situation, anxiety. Yeah. Like I'm sure it was all there. And yeah, yeah. I also like didn't have a job at the time. I was like a few thousand, probably about 4,000 five thousand dollars in credit card debt on top of the school debt so i was just going more in the negative as the bell's palsy was happening it was oh like gosh. a lot all at one time <laughs> um so was that a moment for you where you kind of just stopped and reassessed everything and was like okay i can either keep going like you said the way that i'm going or i have to yeah. make a change somehow or else this is not mm -hmm. sustainable <laughs> Yeah, I definitely, I stopped, I looked at everything and, you know, I, I'm all, always been like a firm believer that 
everything happens the way that it's supposed to happen. You know, like there are certain things that we can control in our lives, but there are many things that we cannot. Because truth be told, we're very much out of control. Yeah. As much as we want to control things, we're very much out of control for a lot of stuff. So all we can do is do our best. And um, I looked at myself as like, all right, where are we going? What are we doing? What is happening around me? What is my environment? What am I putting myself through? And the then the next topic of conversation was for myself was, is this sustainable? What is this going to be like in 20 years? What is this going to be like in 30 years? It's the same way I think about like, um, as a dancer, injuries, right? Yeah. I started thinking that way. I go, okay, so am I going to have to, if I hurt my back now, what is that going to feel like when I'm 50? And I don't want to have to live with that. Mm-mm. And there's a lot of people in and around my life who, and I'm very observant as a human being. Like I used to go to New York at like two in the morning and just turn on music and watch people. I used to do it at three, sorry, like Times Square, New York, not just a random. <laughs> just like in uh, New York. <laughs> just, just loading over top. No, but you have, um, you've always been very perceptive as long as I've known you and very in tune to other people and their body language and <laughs> what they're not saying, but they're communicating. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I had to really put that part of that into perspective for me because I watched everybody and I was like, and I and I get very close with people and I get very, um, I'm not afraid to be close with people. You know, I'm not afraid to ask how someone's day is or be like, let's talk about your feelings. Like, I'm not afraid. And so with a lot of people in my life, I'm that way. And um, that helped me to put that in perspective. I looked at their lives and I looked at people who are 50 and 60 and I looked at their lives and and I know bits of their stories and I go, they got here because of this. And so I go, I don't wanna be there. I don't wanna be there. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to start here so that I can go like this and try to be here on still like a straight path. And so I don't know. <laughs> I love that. And just to have that forethought and discipline, because it, it's one thing I feel like when you're walking through, for lack of the better words, when you're walking through the shit, all you see is that around you, you know? Yeah. And it's oh, yeah. hard to literally crawl out of that hole. And mm-hmm. after you get this diagnosis, you decide that you're not going to let it get the best of you. You incredibly have had an incredible success rate with what you did and like you said looking at you you would never know and it's so fortunate and lucky and such a blessing for you but we had talked earlier that it gave you kind of a new outlook on what you wanted Mm -hmm. your career to become so that's kind of like your pivot point i feel like Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely because so much of the stress wasn't always self-induced and that's the thing, isn't it? Like for me, when I was going through all of my performance stuff, it, it wasn't necessarily just me stressing me out. I was taking on the stress, mm-hmm. but I'm also a very empathetic person. And so I feel stress very, very easy. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. It's it's like a superpower, but at the same time, it's uh-huh. the super hindrance. You're just like so. a sponge <laughs> and you have to remember yeah. that 
you don't always have to take on the bad. Like it's great to take on the good, but who? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I much prefer to take on the good, but uh -huh. um, it's so much easier to take on the bad. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had dealt with a lot of like crazy stress from work and from different people, and so. I chose to become more of a creative because I don't want people to feel like that. Mm -hmm. Creating an art and making, allowing people to feel things or helping people to get to a certain point is fun. And it's also beautiful. And like, I, I want to enjoy it. And I want the people who are making the magic and making the art to also enjoy it. And at the end of the day, that comes from top down. So if your boss, where the people at the top are are making it stressful, making it tough, and they don't have their stuff together, no one underneath is going to. And that's just the truth. I'm just right? gonna keep snapping. Just Because <laughs> I it's like when you're a boss, you you have to learn how to lead people, you know? And and those people 20 years from now might be someone else's boss. And they're gonna take those experiences from you that they learned from you on to the next job and that's how we get caught in a cycle yeah we keep treating people the exact same way and so i was like f that i don't want to do that anymore yeah why do we have to do that so i don't do that yeah and i'm already drawing so many parallels between our two worlds of the performing yeah. world and the animal training world and i've mm -hmm. talked in previous episodes about just that feeling of being replaceable and being feeling like you're not as worthy as what you know you are and that toxicity mm -hmm. and that cycle of the hustle and like you said it's it's a cycle and it's crazy and it's hard to get out of and i think that's incredible that you're using what you've gone through and your personal expertise and knowledge to hopefully change yeah. that for the people around you and that you work with and interact with and you know, you're starting yeah. ripples. <laughs> I hope. I mean, I just like I the one thing that always kind of just echoes in my mind and that I think about, especially like as an artist, is that we get we have the luxury of helping people feel. Mm. How beautiful is that? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's even the same for you as an animal trainer. Or when you were, you brought people joy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You brought people yeah. joy. You brought animals joy too. Yeah, yeah. Which is incredible. But we have that ability, especially and, and when you, whenever you're in an industry or anything that is based upon personal interaction or based upon even sometimes customer service, mm -hmm. you know, we have that ability. That's what we get to do. So I don't know. I just think it's more important to, you got to think about that, especially when you're creating the art. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, why would you want to make everyone else around you's life suck and then be like, but you guys get to feel good. You know? Yay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. And <laughs> yeah. so often I see that the <clears throat> art is the reflection of the artist and <clears throat> the caliber that it is. And I think it, it shines through if you really are working on yourself, the things in your life will follow suit, you know? Yeah. yeah. We hope. Well, yeah. One can hope, One can hope and try. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. man. So that being said, I, I feel like this is an obvious question, but what role do you think mental health plays in anyone being successful 
in the art industry, whether it's performing, creating, managing, anything like that? That's a hard question because you would think it plays a really high role, but to be completely honest, when people are artists, they put their mental health out the window. Mm. So there's probably about three levels to that, you know, like some of the most successful people and that I've ever worked with are probably some of the like craziest ones who don't think about their mental health. All they do is work, 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 work. Mm. Um, some of the most grounded ones, because there are a lot of grounded people who are celebrities, then there are not. Yeah. Um, or who are really well-known artists. Some of those people are, they do think about their mental health. They do take that day off or they do uh, fill their hearts with the right stuff. You know, whether it be spending time with their family or for me, just burp, sorry. It's, it's okay. <laughs> uh, for me, it's like, even though I live in LA, I try to be with my family when I can, you know, so that fills my heart. And also, you know, honestly, like praying a lot fills my heart Yeah. and stuff like that. Like there are those who take the time and that helps keep people grounded. And then there are also those who are kind of just in the in-between. And like the, what is that in-between life and death world call? I forgot. Oh, like purgatory? Like you're, purgatory, you're waiting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're in like the purgatory yeah. aspect of it. So um, where they're just, they're trying, some days they're trying and then some days they forget. Mm. Some days they're trying, some weeks they're trying, or they'll go through like moments of, I'm gonna go to therapy now, and then that's not. You know, so, I don't know. Just depends, there's so many different aspects of it. Yeah. Oh, that's enlightening, because you would think that in order to give so much of yourself, you would need to focus on yourself, but I so yeah. see the other side that you're, you're torn because you wanna give almost too much of yourself. You know? Yeah, I will say like when you become a big star, mm -hmm. right? If you're a, if you're thinking about like the pop stars or the famous actors and actresses, they pay people to care about their lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have to think about all this stuff because they pay everyone to think about it for them. So their stresses, but their assistant stresses. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And mind you, I'm literally an assistant right now for. Somebody That's what you said. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that being said, what advice would you give to anyone listening that has been in your situation, maybe is in your situation or dreams of being in that world? What does BHUD <laughs> have to give? <laughs> oh, Bugs um, Bunny. <laughs> I like Bugs Bunny better. Okay. Um, Man, that's a tough one. There's so much, there's so much advice, but you know, um, a few things that I could say is first thing, first thing. And I've actually, I've, I've actually been, I've always said this to myself since I was like seven and it's gotten me through this crazy entertainment industry is that every day is a new day. So we get to choose. So whether you be your boss yells at you the day before or you get fired from a show or you have a really bad night at a restaurant and you're earning tips, you know, it's like tomorrow's a new day. You can 
restart, redo it, do over. Um, two, there's a lot of rejection in this, and it's not personal. Mm. It's not personal. And just in general, in life, rejection, a lot of times, is not personal. It might be a reflection, but it's not personal. Yep. You know, um, so just do yourself a service and not take it to heart. Mm. That because is powerful. Because your heart's going to weigh five more pounds. Yeah. yeah. That is something I personally had to learn is that, you know, like I said, I'm an empath. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I, by nature, take everything personally because I give so personally to others. I expect that yeah. in return. And <laughs> yeah, as far as the rejection, I, my therapist almost daily says to me, Amanda, people do not wake up in the morning and scheme about how to make your life miserable. It's not about you. It's a reflection of them. And I just have to be like, okay, yeah. you know, and I have met people that I truly think wake up and try to make my life miserable, but they don't stay in my life forever. But uh, right. all the other one-off things, I'm like, you know what? I just wrong place, wrong time. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. me, you know, like it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ooh. And honestly, that's going back to the phrase, what's meant for you is going to be meant for you. We'll mm -hmm. be there. You know, it's that the, the wrong things will leave, but the right things, the right people will stay. And that is something that even just being in this industry, I tell myself all the time, I when I pray every morning, I say, God, please shut any doors that you need to shut and open any doors that you need to open And because I'm not in control. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I just, I, you have to trust that. You have to trust that there's, sometimes it's not about you, you know, sometimes it's about them, sometimes what they're going through. You got to let go. Mm -hmm. um, and letting go is hard. I'm trying to think if there's any other advice I would give. Um, hmm. I mean, all of that in itself is very powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're a, if you're a creative. You know, we're in a place where people are gonna are constantly creating. You know, streams and streams and streams of content. But everyone's trying to create to be like the other creators. So if you are a creative or you are creating, make what you make. Because what you make is special. Mm. And even if it doesn't hit or it doesn't go viral right away, that doesn't mean that somebody two years from now is going to somehow find a way to listen to your podcast or watch your video or watch you dance and fall in love with you and be inspired. The thing about being an artist and the thing about just in life in general, we don't do it for us. Mm -hmm. What are we leaving behind, right? So if we are an artist, we have the potential to touch anybody and change their whole entire mindset. Same with the podcast. They can hear something from today's podcast and walk away and be a new person. So. I always tell the artists I work with like this, I go, if you inspire one person and that next person becomes the next Madonna, you've done your work. Yeah. So just keep making what's real and honest and don't try to be like anybody else. Just try to be like yourself because yourself 
truly is the most beautiful thing that you can do. Mm, that gave me chills, Brandon. Oh, I love that. Such a great message and such powerful, powerful words. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your story yeah. and taking the time because I know you're incredibly busy and the time zone, we are hours difference right now because you're in LA. You are literally on one LA. coast and I'm on the other coast. <laughs> I know. I was just on your coast like what last month, I which know. was crazy. I wish I could have come up to Tampa, but it's I know too far. <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you so much again. I just, I'm so grateful for you and just our ability to stay connected over the past decade, <laughs> which I is know. wild. Thanks for social media because yeah. it's been much more difficult. Yes. Uh, speaking of social media, I want to give you an opportunity if you would like to share where people can find you and be inspired by your art because you do. You post such insightful things. I love watching your stories and just seeing what you're up to. So if you'd like to plug any social media, go uh, for sure. it. Um, I really only use Instagram. So uh, it's kind of like my only spot. And so my Instagram handles at Brandon Hudson 90. So my name and then 90. Um, actually, all my social media and my website is Brandon Hudson 90. So you will find me literally anywhere. Just a quick like Google. That. Well, thank you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Of course. Wow. Thank you for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. Each week, I am literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal really is to amplify others' experiences in hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Thank you again to Brandon for not only sharing his story about the Bell's palsy diagnosis with us, but also spreading such a powerful message of mental health and how to stay grounded in a viral, aspiring world. If you loved this episode or any previous one, I hope you'll take a moment to share it with a bestie or even tell us on social media. Reading your reviews online is one of my love languages, especially on any podcast hosting platform. It really does make a difference in helping us get these important conversations out there to the world. Really quickly, I did just want to remind you of two things. We have the opportunity for you to become a patron. If you're interested in learning more about the benefits of that program, click the link down in the episode notes. And reminder number two. We launched our Sunshine and Rainbows podcast merch in collaboration with my personal brand, That Manda Girl, last week. We are already selling out in different sizes and colors. So if you want to snag that before it's gone on September 30th, you should probably click the link down in the episode notes as well. All right, that's all I've got for you. I will see you next Monday. I promise I'm done talking. I promise, okay? I'm sorry. Goodbye.